Welcome back to the Edgy Conversations podcast. This is Dan Walchman. As you know, this is the podcast about or for driven people with clear goals who want to be their best self. This month, we've been talking about the idea of radical candor. And as I've said in the previous podcast, this has been the toughest month for me so far. That continues even to today, but I've broken past some of my own mental barriers on the subject of radical candor. And I want to share some of that with you because I think it may help some of you today. Uh, when, when you read Radical Candor, and I feel like this month has kind of turned into a book review for Radical Candor, but the concept of speaking candidly to people is, is not a hard one. In fact, what Kim says is it's not so much a, a big meeting that you have, but it's about the daily interactions. It's about your daily interactions. And again, for those of you who've missed previous podcasts, she has two core concepts, care personally, challenge professionally, right? Um, care, yes, care, care personally and challenge professionally, right? And so if you can do those things really, really, really well, then you end up uh, or cha- sorry, challenge directly, uh, then you end up with this thing called radical candor. She gives an example about the need not just for managers to be candid with their employees, but for the employees to be uh, perhaps even more importantly, candid with their bosses. And the only way to get that, that criticism, is by encouraging praise and criticism. As she says it, guidance is the atomic building block of management but it's also profoundly uncomfortable for most people. I, I don't take criticism well, but it's something I've been working on over the last few years because I know it's what actually makes it better. So in order to build a culture of, of radically candid guidance, you need to give, get, and encourage both praise and criticism. So what's the combination between the two? No, what, what, what's the ratio between the two? The, the reality is you might, you, you need to give praise. It might be like three times you give praise, one time you give criticism. There's nothing worse than a butt conversation. And it's not a conversation about butts, <laughs> but uh, it's a conversation that has the word butt right in the middle of it, right halfway through. You did great, Dan. That was fantastic. But... And, you're, and you know that's coming, right? You know it's coming. It's just dangling out there, waiting uh, for you to, to, to kind of like smile too broadly, and then boom, there it goes into it. So you can't necessarily uh, have a process that's like, I'm going to give five praises, and then I'm going to give you criticism, right? But there does need to be a ratio of, there does need to be an attitude of you giving praise before you give criticism, now, if you're a boss, if you're a leader, this is just this is just the way it is. You have to praise before you get permission to criticize. Now, if you can't praise somebody legitimately, like, like realistically, if you're listening to me going, well, that guy, he doesn't deserve any praise, then why is he on your team? So maybe that's a big warning sign that he shouldn't even be on your team and it's time to replace him. He should go someplace else, right? So that, that right there is, is, is a warning sign. Number two... Number two, if you criticize without giving praise, the criticism is not registered. 
it's not useful and it's it's not going to have the return on investment you want. I mean, why do we give criticism in the first place? Well, we want someone to uh, change. We might say improve, right? We want someone to alter what they're doing so that there's a chance for whatever we're trying to achieve, the the goal to be more effective, to be actually met, to be met, right? So so we give criticism in the hopes that someone hears it, pivots, tweaks, and ultimately becomes that much more of a dynamo for, for our team. Now, so follow me, follow me, give praise and then later give criticism. Give praise and then later give criticism. Now, the roles are reversed when you're the leader. So we have to encourage our team to first give us criticism uh, and then praise us. So you've heard the you've heard the phrase before the the wise bit of training that you give praise in public and you criticize in private. However, if you're the leader, you want to flip the script on that. You want your people to criticize you in public and you need to smile and take it. Here's why. If you don't get criticized in public, then your team's not going to feel safe telling you what you really want to hear. Again, I'll go back to the story I told you in a previous podcast uh, where when Google's building out their AdSense uh, in Asia, the Asian workers, highly qualified, talented, wonderful people, very smart, were deferential in their treatment. They, they've been taught since a very early age that your superiors uh, are someone that you don't criticize. And now someone's saying criticize this, and it was kind of awkward. And, they, and so um, what uh, Kim Scott, uh, quote unquote, threatened them with was, uh, I'm going to do what Toyota did, which is they put a red circle in the middle of the manufacturing floor, and every new employee had to stand inside the circle and, and say three things that they saw right then at that moment, looking out at the manufacturing floor, three things that needed to be fixed ASAP, right? So she said, hey, what can I, what can I fix? If you heard the podcast, you know, someone said, we want better tea, tea that you drink. And so she said, fine, and praised them and then got the tea fixed. Now, you need to have a go-to question. You don't get to be criticized in public. You need to be criticized, uh, sorry, in private. You, you need to be criticized publicly so that your team, uh, that you are genuine and that you really care, that you are embracing the idea of criticism so that it makes the team better. So you might want to have a go-to question. Uh, Kim says that she actually stole a question from Fred Kaufman, who's the author of Conscious Business, and was her coach at Google when she was there. And she says the question that she adopted was, is there anything I can do or stop doing that would make it easier for you to work with me? So think about that. Is there anything I could do or stop doing that would make it easier for you to work with me? That's a pretty awesome question. And if those words obviously don't fall easily off your tongue, then just find words that do. If you're looking if you're not just looking for one thing, that opening question is designed to get things moving. So again, is there anything I can do or stop doing that would make it easier to work with me? Uh, and then, you know, you have to just embrace the discomfort because people initially say something like, oh, it's fine. Thanks for asking, right? And their discomfort is going to make you feel uncomfortable. And instead of, of letting them get away with, with kind of a half-ass answer, you, you need to, like, they say, oh, it's fine. Go, well, I'm glad to hear that. It's not fine. There's always something that you can do better. I love the example of Kim Scott in the book where she gets up and makes this eloquent pitch 
to uh, Larry Page, Sergey Brin at Google, and it was a home run. And she walks out of the meeting, and Cheryl uh, said to her, you know, when you say the word um, it makes you sound stupid. And I think that's what you criticize the win. You you level up, not because you're you're angry or bitter, but because it makes you better. It makes you better. And that's what's that's what's amazing about each one of us is we have the opportunity to be better. And so we have to listen. We have to listen. We have to uh, we have to ask for criticism. Uh, now, for me personally, one of the reasons why I haven't asked for criticism in the past is because I am already working my butt off, and the last thing I need is someone to point out something I need to fix. I'm already grinding. I'm already working. I'm already toiling. I'm trying to make it work. And now you're telling me it's not good enough. Now you're telling me I can do better. I should do better, right? And it's obvious to everyone else but me. Why can't you do better? Why sh- why aren't you doing better? And it it can be it can be tough to hear that. And so if we're not sincere, by the way, remember that manipulative insincerity is one of the is is the opposite of radical candor. We someone says, oh, it's fine, and we go. Oh, okay. And we let them go. So Tim Scott says, here's a tactic for you. Count to six. Count to six. So what's your question? Your question is, if there, is there anything that I could do or stop doing that would make it easier to work with me? And then you just wait. Thousand one, thousand two, thousand three, thousand four, thousand five, thousand six. See how awkward that is even on a podcast? So this, the goal is not to bully anyone, but it's to insist on a candid discussion and to make it harder for the person to say nothing than to just to tell you what they're already thinking. If they can't come up with anything on the spot, because some people just don't operate that way, then you can always arrange a time to meet them later, right? What could I do better? What could we have done better? What could I stop doing that would make us all better? And instead of of letting someone get off easy by letting them slide away, our goal as leaders is to let them know that it's safe for them to be absolutely awesome, right? To keep sharing and growing at all times, right? That we're here to listen. And my goal as a leader is not to respond, but to understand. What's that mean? That means I can't criticize the criticism. <laughs> I. I I give up that right by demanding they criticize. I can't, I no longer can criticize the criticism. I, I have to, instead of defending myself, well, if you knew what I was doing, you know, if you only knew what I was going through, then you would know, blah, blah, blah. You can't do that. You can't do it. You can't do it. I can't do it. We can't do that. We can't do that because it, it, it disrupts the flow, the momentum. Instead, maybe try something like this. So what I hear you saying is... Think about that. I think I hear you saying that, you know, Dan, you you micromanage the colors too much of the schemes of the layout of the of the of the advertising, and it it squashes our ability to move quickly because you're the last person to look at it, right? She also does something else that's just super cool, which is is that she had a rubber band when she knew that she needed to work on something, like someone gave her criticism. Uh, I think 
the thing she mentioned was she was talking over her business partner. And so she said, I'm going to work on it. And just to let you know how serious I am, I'm going to put a rubber band on my wrist. And when I'm out of line, I'm going to snap it. And anyone who sees me getting out of line, talking over you, I want you to snap the rubber band as well. And so they did. And it taught her, it taught her just to be aware and to grow and to level up her own personal game. This is a really practical discussion, isn't it? It is about radical candor and what it takes to be better, to do better. So today, what have we talked about? This idea of giving praise first if you're a manager and then offering criticism later, and that's really the only way to do it. If you do it outside of that paradigm, you end up with people who are bitter and and, and aren't willing to grow because they don't know that you care. They don't know that you're they're willing to listen uh, and to level up. You're going to be criticized in public, not criticized in private, because you're going to demand it. And you're going to say to them, here's where I need your help. What's one thing I'm, I am doing or should stop doing that would help us uh, work better together, right? So on top of that, you're going to be committed because you're not going to let somebody off easy. You're going to count to six. And then, and then on top of all of that, you're going to take steps to show that you really care. You may not have a blue rubber band. You might have something else, but you're going to care. You're going to care so deeply that you're going to make changes immediately. By the way, you don't have to do this alone. If you're looking for teammates, if you're looking for other leaders, driven people with clear goals who also want to be their best self, you want to be around them, you want to learn from them, you want to grow with them, then you need to be at Awesome Palooza. It is November 3rd. You've heard me mention it before. If you don't already have your ticket, you got to get it. It's, it's about the training, but more importantly, it's about the people. The people there, they encourage me. They're the people I call when I need uh, help, right? It's intimate, it's powerful, and these are people who care uh, and are determined to level up. You can go to awesomepalooza.com. You can click on the link in this podcast uh, to learn more. And um, if you have any questions, just send up a flare. Are we still using flares? I don't think we're using flares. You know, it's probably better to send an email or a WhatsApp or a Facebook message directly. Dan at edgy.bz. I'm so excited that you're thinking about it, you're going to be there and that you're a part of this community and listening to this podcast. As always, until the next episode, stay edgy, be awesome.